Just a note, before you listen to this podcast, you might want to check out the video included in the notes that gives you that will give you more context for this episode. Thank you. made a promise, I said I keep it and I let you down I made my bed, now I can't deny it I look like a clown Why, why are all my choices flowed? Why I'm still here and you are gone I wish I had known a part we had grown There's no turning back Now, now, now I wish I had known a part we had grown Welcome back to the Topher Spheres podcast. This is the podcast where I invite you into my brain for about 30 minutes and we discuss borderline personality disorder. I lied, except this episode. This episode, we'll be talking about something called ACDY5. It's a movement disorder I've dealt with for my whole entire life. And I thought I would dedicate an episode to bringing awareness and talking about ACDY5. On a personal note, I'm just going to note this. I've been working on this episode for a couple of weeks now, and you would think that this would be one of the easier episodes for me to create. Um, ACDY5, or my movement disorder, I've dealt with my whole entire life. And you would think that it would be easy to talk about it, but I found myself more reserved and wanting to, um, stay silent for some reason. And I think it comes down to... I'm afraid that people will view me differently. Um, unless you're intimately close with me, you probably would have no idea what I go through every day. Um, what I deal with in my body and how it moves on its own and sometimes I can't control it, but um, I think my hesitancy was about being vulnerable, and to take it back to BPD, being vulnerable, being afraid to show myself, to show who I am, because I'm afraid if someone sees me 
sees Topher, they won't like it. They won't like me. If I show my real self, I'll be rejected. I think that's why I was afraid. I was afraid that people would reject me. But I'm going to do it anyways. We're going to talk about ACDY5, my journey with ACDY5, my journey to my diagnosis. It was a long one, people. Um, but there, first, let's talk about what ACDY5 is. ACDY5 is actually the name of a gene that encodes a protein that's in a, a, a family of proteins that are responsible for generating CAMP. CAMP is a neurotransmitter. It's actually a secondary neurotransmitter that transmits um, nervous signals throughout the nervous system. The, the regulation of CAMP levels is important because CAMP is a messenger that helps regulate levels of sugar and lipids in the body and, and mandates skeletal muscle process, processes. In addition, ACDY5 is highly expressed in the stitum. I'm not good at pronunciation. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's an area of the brain, a region in the brain that is involved in modulating movement. Imagine that, right? <laughs> a study in mice lacking the ACDY5 gene showed the absence of the gene causes motor, motor disorders similar, similar to Parkinson's disease. ACDY5 has been shown to be important in the balancing and maintaining both coordination and locomotion and is re responding to stimulation by dopamine transmitters. That just means that ACDY5 is very important gene. It's Good to remember that signs and symptoms of ACDY5 related movement disorders may vary among affected ind individuals. ACDY5 pre may present differently in different people or with different genetic mutations. Based on frequency and symptoms of reserves, the, in, the information um, will give you some signs of ACDY5. 80 to 99% of cases will have facial jerks. I have facial jerks. Um, actually, my forehead is frozen with Botox to keep my forehead from always moving up and down. Um, but yeah, facial jerks is, is a tall tale sign of ACDY5. 
30 to 79% of the cases will have these symptoms. Korea. I have Korea. Korea is a classification of movements. It really just means dance-like movements. Difficulty walking. Check. Dystonia. Limb hypertonia. Muscular hypertonia of the trunk. Resting tremor. Five to 29% of the cases have these symptoms. Congestive heart failure, delayed gross motor development, dilated car cardiopathy, <laughs> hyperflexia, and motor delay. In addition to the above symptoms, the following signs may also be present with ACDY5. Anxiety, autosomal dominant inheritance, dyskinesia, and juvenile onset. You can find out more information or read through all this um, for yourself at acdy5.org. Now, uh, we went through what ACDY5 is clinically, like the signs and symptoms. I'm going to give you what ACDY5 for me is. Imagine going to bed normal. You can walk and talk. Although you dread going to sleep, you put off sleep because you know what happens when you sleep. During sleep, you will thrash and jerk almost all night. When you wake, you won't have the ability to walk or talk or even control your body any longer. You have massive involuntary movement starting from your midsection spreading outward to your head and feet. You will fall if you attempt to walk. It feels like 10 different people are trying to move in your body at the same time. The jerks hurt to the point your muscles are fatigued all the time. You must always be aware of the time you have since your last dose of medication because you don't want to get caught not being able to walk because the police will be called and they will think that you're drunk or on drugs. That happened to me. Um, I was late for work, I overslept one time, and was jerk walking, jerkily walking down the street, and had um, three cop cars pull up and stop me. <laughs> it was funny, but um, yeah, they will. Um, you can never be close to anyone when you sleep. Um, sleeping in the same bed with someone can be dangerous for them um, because I have hit I have hit people almost probably broken in the nose um, 
not intentionally, but because my body thrashes and jerks all over the place. Um, early Topher told to me by my family. Um, I think it was around six months, months-ish, that my mom has always explained to me that they noticed I couldn't hold myself up in the high chair. They set me in the high chair and I would slump down. I didn't have any dexterity to my body. Um, and I know that feeling now because with the jerks and stuff, there's also a, a muscle weakness that happens. Um, delayed crawling. I don't even think I crawled. I think I went straight to walking. And the earliest memory that I have of the jerky movements, I think I had to have been about five. Um, being carried out by my mom from my aunt's house, um, the jerky movements were just moving up and down my body. And I just remember her holding me tight. Um, this was the 70s, people, so when I go into this next part, please keep an open mind. My family noticed, or my grandmother, noticed that after she gave me a couple sips of her coffee, like we're talking a, um, a tables, a ta two tablespoons, three tablespoons of coffee, they noticed that I could set up in the high chair. Um, so this um, was very curious to my family, and um, um, I started then taking Excedrins. At the time, we had assumed that it was the caffeine, and it was the caffeine in the coffee, um, caffeine does help ADCY5. Um, and I think this is where I can give a little bit of gratitude because I was lucky my family figured this out. Um, because if it were not for this one drug, I would probably my life would have been would have been completely different um i would have not been able to function i would not have been able to go as far as i did in life but so my family figured out that ca that caffeine would help um Doctors, you would think that with my experience with doctors, that I would have a higher level of distrust. <laughs> I have seen doctors my whole entire life. 
One doctor asked my mom if she didn't think it was because I didn't have a dad because my mom was a single mom. Um, I went through sleep studies when I was younger. Um, when you're dealing with doctors, you have to find a doctor that believes you. And that was part of the problem. That um, after my family found out that caffeine helped me, I was really never off of caffeine, um, except for at night, which, you know, explains the sleep situation. But, um, so when I would see doctors, they would see my facial movements, and my mom would tell them about my bigger, um, heftier, jerky movements. But I don't think many of them believed her. But we did find one. Um, he did. He did sleep studies again. He did diagnose me with with Korea, and Korea again is just a clear is classification of movements that dance like movements. Um, this doctor got me an invite to Mayo Clinic when I was ten. I went to Riley, I think, when I was eight. And I think I was in Shriners for a week, like when I was really young. Um, later in life, it depended on insurance and if I had insurance or not, if I was getting treatment. Um, I was dealing, and I don't know how I did this. I still think about it sometimes today. Um, because I was managing the sleep, the sleep, the movements in my sleep, they weren't being managed. And I'm managing them now, but I'm, they were not being managed. And I do not know how I did it because... I swear to you, I've had my watch tell me that I've ran five miles in my sleep. Um, when in my mid-adult years, I don't know how I did it. Like I said, I still think about that today. But later in life, I, I did visit Cleveland Clinic and... Um, IU Medical. Um, most doctors um, just wanted to treat the symptoms. They didn't want to worry about finding a diagnosis. Um, I was seeing a neurologist um, pretty regularly now. I had gotten a stable job that had stable insurance. So I, I was seeing a doctor that that um, was giving me some medication for the movements. It wasn't helping that much. But then I was asleep. So I went to take a sleep study test, um, got an appointment with another neurologist, a sleep study neurologist, and she sees my movements and says, are you on 
Zenazine. And I said, no. And she goes, who is your neurologist? And I said, um, it was someone in her practice. Um, she stepped out of the room and back in the room and said, you're now my patient. She took me over from the, from the other neurologist and she put me in the hospital for 48 hours for a 48 hour EEG. My EEGs always come up normal, but during the 48 hour EEG, they were able to see my jerky thrashy movements. And my doctor looked at me the next day and said, I don't know what you have. She did, it, took a, it takes a doctor willing to do that. She said, I don't know what you have, but we're gonna send you all over the place until we find out. And she got me an appointment at the U University of Louisville. And I went down and saw a neurologist down there twice. And she got me, she didn't know what was, what was up with me either. The, the ACDY5, can, like I said previously, when it, it said it, it can present differently. So, um, for different people. But the doctor in, at the University of Louisville had connections at the National Institute of Health. In Maryland, this was pretty cool, people. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> um, they paid, NIH paid for my mom, my aunt, my partner to come out to Maryland. And what basically you do is you go in front of like, 20, 25 neurologists. They ask you questions. They ask you about your history. They do a couple, a couple of things. And they give you recommendations. So it's kind of like seeing 25 doctors at once. <laughs> um, and during this time, um, I was really afraid because they had started mentioning psychogenic disorder. And if you know what a psychogenic disorder is, psychosomatic hysteria, like it's in your, it's an emotional, emotional problem causing a physical problem, which is a very valid um, condition, but I didn't feel that mine was um, psychogenic. I, th I had felt that it was organic, and the doctors agreed. They suggested that I get um, a whole exome sequencing um, test done, and so I rushed back home. My doctor ordered the test, and we waited six months.
and I got the report back. It didn't find anything. I was, I was devastated again. I was so hopeful that they were going to find something that would explain my whole experience. But I went on and um, I'm going about my business and um, two months later, my doctor's nurse calls me and she goes, Topher, they found something. They found a, a, a genetic abnormality. And she goes, I don't have much information right now, but she goes, I just wanted to reach out to you and tell you that they found something. And they did. Within the next couple of weeks, um, I have found out that um, the geneticist that w was running my test, my um, whole exome sequencing, she had requested my medical records. So my doctor sent her all my medical records. This geneticist went through my medical records and said, this sounds like ACDCY5. And she sent the tests back through, requesting him to specifically look for the ACDY5, ADCY5 gene mutation, and they found one. The reason they didn't find it on their first test is because I'm what is called mosaic. Um, and I'll explain it the way it was explained to me. You have the egg and sperm meat. They make a cell. That cell makes two cells. That cell makes four. Those cells make four. So an eight and 16. Um, a couple of those cells mutated with the ACDY5, a specific mutation, and um, all the daughter cells from those cells with the mutation carried on the mutation. So I had normal cells around mutated cells. Um, I think that they said I'm about 25%, so it's about 25% of my cells hold the mutation. Um, 
that's why the severity of ACDY5 can be different be among different people too. But um, if it wasn't for this geneticist, and I got to talk to her, I got to talk to the geneticist. If it wasn't for her requesting my medical records and then checking it against rare diseases, I, to this day, would still not know the cause of my movement disorder. So how do I manage ACDY5 now? Well, when I turned 40, I decided to go on disability. Um, stress plays a key role to the severity of our movements. Let me say that again. Stress plays a key role in the severity of our movements. I was working full time, plus running some other things. My movements were so bad, my hands were kind of doing loop-de-loops, even when I was on the caffeine. Caffeine is key for me. I don't walk or talk without it. I usually take four to 1600 milligrams of caffeine a day, depending on my activity level. At night, I take a, t I take a cocktail of medication to either knock myself out so I don't move, or if I do move, I'm not wake, woke up. Um, I take 30 milligrams of Remron, Mirazepine, remember Xenazine? Xenazine is Tetrabenazine, and it does help with the finer hand movement. I take two 12.5 milligram of tetrabenazine a night, 200 milligrams of trazodone, um, a half a milligram of colonopin, and 600 milligrams of horizon, which is pre-gabapentin, which is gabapentin. The horizon helps me sleep, but it also helps with my muscle fatigue. When conquering ACDY5, the most important thing is sleep. If you can get the sleep right, you can reduce movements. Well, I just saw that we're about ready to hit the 30 minute mark. So if you would like to check out more about ADCY5, please check out this website, www.adcy5.org. Or you can email me at tophersphere, T-O-P-H-E-R-S-S-P-H-E-R-E, at hotmail.com. If you are a parent of someone who has ACDY5, or you have ACDY5, please put that in the subject 
and I'll prioritize your email. Thank you for joining me, and can we get that music back? I wish I had known a part we had grown. There's no turning back now. Now, no. I wish I had known.